Father God, I I just pray for Dr. Taylor this morning. I pray that you will give him uh, wisdom and words to say that will inspire us. God, I also pray for our hearts and our minds that we will be open and attuned to your spirit, working in us and among us and through us. God, just be with us all this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. It is a blessing to be with you on today and this weekend. I came in on Friday and it was cold. I leave today and it is cold. (laughs) And I don't know what I will do if I get back to Texas and it is cold. It has been a joy being with you and having the opportunity to meet so many of you and to know that we have been blessed of God to know some of the same people to whom some of you are related by blood and we are grateful that God has tightened the circle and allowed us to meet together here for these few days. It's been a pleasure getting a chance to reconnect with Jordan and getting a chance to meet his wife and his son and to be here with you these few days. I'd like to speak uh, this morning uh, from the book of Ezekiel. The chapter is 37. Ezekiel chapter 37. And we'll begin with verse 1 and end with verse 14. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come, breath, from the four winds, and breathe into these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, 
a vast army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say, our bodies are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. My people, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. Let us pray. Gracious God, we come to you now asking for your divine presence as we turn our hearts towards you. We also lift up the family members and friends of the 11 people whom were slain on yesterday. We pray that the grief will be lightened and that the support and love will be outpouring. And we pray, O oh God, for the healing of our nation as we seek to move forward on the journey of history. Bless us now who gather here today in the name of him who died that Friday, but who was resurrected that Sunday morning. We pray this prayer in his name, in the name of Jesus. Amen. The title of the message this morning is Divine Resuscitation. Divine Resuscitation. As we look over the American landscape, we see that many people have fainted along the way due to the squeezing pressures of life's circumstances. Their spiritual lungs have collapsed due to the psychological pneumonia of mental depression. We see them in all the major American cities. They lie lifeless on the hard concrete of despair. Their breathless bodies resemble dead corpses left unidentified in the city morgue. The rhythm of their heart has been disrupted by life's heartbreaks due to broken relationships and shattered dreams. They are the true walking dead. Their zombie-like demeanor creates mass hysteria. Their frightening demeanor is punished with misdemeanors for loitering in public spaces. The sickness seen in the walking dead should alert the social engineers of the American social order that there is something sick about America's social system that continues to produce such level of spiritual sickness and death in its marginalized citizens. In our text today, the prophet Ezekiel faces a similar devastating circumstance of death. In Ezekiel 37, 1 through 14, the prophet describes what he calls the Valley of Dry Bones. He cracks the opening scene of the text depicting the Hebrew people 
as lying in the ruins of open graves. The once great people of God had succumbed to a condition of political and social death. The stinging whips of Babylonian oppression had torn the flesh from the obstinate backs of a rebellious people. All that was left of them for the prophet Ezekiel to see were their bones, 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 bones that once embodied a soul, bones that once housed a spirit, bones that once encased a brain, bones that once were mobile and agile, now lay lifeless on the valley floor without movement. Dead bones without awareness, dead bones without cognition, dead bones without significance, dead bones without purpose, dead bones without form, without organization, without order, dead bones without structure. How did Ezekiel end up in a location with such a gory spectacle, one might ask? What was it that brought a living and awakened prophet like Ezekiel to stand in the midst of a valley filled with twisted, shattered, and broken bones? The prophet says it was the spirit that led him there. Ezekiel says, he brought me out by the spirit and set me in the middle of a valley that was full of bones. The Holy Spirit is the creative agent that moves God's servants and he assigns them their location. The same spirit that moved Ezekiel into the valley of dry bones is the same spirit that moved on the face of the waters in the creation story. He is the same spirit that transformed an earth that was without form and void into a beautiful terrestrial miracle. The same spirit descended in the form of a dove and landed upon Jesus at his baptism in the Gospel of Luke. It was the same spirit that led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil 40 days and 40 nights. The same spirit appeared in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost in the upper room and gave testifying power to tongues that once were paralyzed by fear. Ezekiel reminds us that when the Spirit leads us, we are no longer in control. The Spirit's main agenda is not our comfort, but the carrying out of God's will. God does not always place his servants in the comfortable castle but often requires us to stand in a cold, creepy cemetery in the deepest part of Death's Valley. Jesus describes the unpredictability of the Spirit in John chapter 3 and verse 5. He says, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. When the hand of the Lord is upon you, you have to move wherever and whenever the Spirit moves you, no matter the location or the condition or the cost. 
the spirit located Ezekiel in the lowest part of the valley among the driest bones. Ezekiel said, I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. The description of the bones being very dry indicated that the condition of the Jewish people had deteriorated beyond a state of decay and rot. Ezekiel says, there was neither flesh on the bones nor marrow in the bones. Brittle bones of dead people littered the floor of the valley like broken tree limbs after a devastating storm. The dry bones told nothing about their race. The dry bones told nothing about their class, nothing about their heritage, nothing about their privilege, nothing about their successful accomplishments. Prominent leaders that once breathed the sophisticated air of the upper classes and poor peasants that once breathed the poverty-filled air of the lower classes, now all lay breathless together side by side in the valley of very dry bones. Breath had left their bodies and flesh had left their bones. Without breath, there is no life. It does not matter how rich we may be, it is impossible to live without breath. It doesn't matter how powerful we might be, we cannot live without breath. In Genesis chapter two and verse seven, the text says, the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being. Before God breathed, Adam was not fully alive. Adam had form, bone structure, skeletal structure, but Adam had no life because he had not the breath of God. Without God's breath, Adam had eyes, but they could not see. Without God's breath, Adam had ears, but they could not hear. Without God's breath, Adam had a brain, but he could not think. Without God's breath, Adam had hands, but he could not grasp, touch, or feel. Without God's breath, Adam had legs, but he could not walk. Adam had all the form, all of the structure of a human being with the exception of one important thing, the breath of the living God. It is in the middle of the valley of dry bones that God asked Ezekiel a question. The Lord asked Ezekiel, can these bones live? This is the legitimate question we must ask today in reference to the broken condition of many of our fellow citizens living in our nation. Every bone in Israel's national body had been broken a million times over, just like some of our fellow citizens. Their pride had been pierced, their confidence had been crushed, their faith had been fractured, their hope had been hacked, and their will had been wounded. It is in the midst of this tragic state of affairs that the question is raised, can these bones live? Ezekiel says to the Lord, you, Lord, alone know. Ezekiel says in verses four through six, then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. 
This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath into you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Ezekiel did as the Lord commanded. He says in verses 7 and 8, And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Ezekiel heard some noise, and he saw something coming into formation. He saw something becoming organized and developed, but despite all of the organization that he saw forming, the breath of God was still missing. Structure without the breath of God is nothing more than organization without inspiration. Reorganization without the breath of God is nothing more than restoration without transformation. Just because we hear the rattling noise of reorganization, the rattling noise of restructure, the rattling noise of reformation, it does not mean that the breath of God is present. We may hear the rattling noise in the religions of the day, but this does not mean that the breath of God is in them. We may hear the rattling noise of academic success in our schools, colleges, and universities, but that does not mean that the breath of God is in them. We may hear the rattling noise of successful careers, but that does not mean that the breath of God is in them. We may hear the rattling noise of political victories, but that does not mean that the breath of God is in them. Ezekiel says in verses 9 and 10 of the text, Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, This is what the sovereign Lord says, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath into them. They came to life and stood on their feet like a vast army. It is not our intelligence, it is not our grit, it is not our self-reliance, it is not our passion, it is not our rugged individualism that can resurrect us from the spiritual ashes of the valley of dry bones. Believing that God's Spirit is breathing God's breath within us will restore us and will resuscitate us to true spiritual life. Despite enemies taunting us, God's Spirit is within us. Despite the obstacles before us, God's Spirit is breathing within us. They may be failures, there may be failures behind us, clouds of anxiety above us and negative circumstances surrounding us. Nevertheless, God's Spirit is breathing in us. There may be fierce opposition against us, worldly privileges withheld from us, friends who turn on us, relatives who walk away from us. Nevertheless, God's Spirit is breathing within us. There may be fellowship denied us, discouragement heaped upon us, and disappointment residing around us, but nevertheless, God's breath is breathing in us. The Spirit of God within us is telling us that the future is more promising than our past. 
The past may be stained with tragedy, but the future is sealed with triumph. The past may be stained with defeat, dryness, and death, but the future is sealed with the victory of everlasting life. The past may be marred by crucifixions, but the future is sealed with resurrections and resuscitations. I want to encourage us today to breathe in, not just your breath, but breathe in the breath of God. And then stop waiting to exhale. Help me somebody. Breathe out what God is breathing into you. Let us prophesy to the dry bones in our churches. Look to your neighbor and say, dry bone, breathe. Help me somebody. Let us prophesy to the dry bones in our homes. Let us prophesy to the dry bones in our communities. Let us prophesy to the dry bones in our city governments. Stop holding your breath. Stop holding the breath of God. Stop holding the breath of God and breathe out what God has breathed into you. Speak and inspire those around you. Breathe now. Let it be God's breath and not your breath. Breathe now. Any breath that is absent of God's breath is bad breath. Help me, somebody. <laughs> Breathe now. Breathe now. Stop quenching the spirit. Breathe out. Breathe now. Breathe the breath of God. Breathe now. Let the spirit of the Lord rise among us. Breathe now. Breathe on Washington, D.C. Breathe now. Breathe on Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Breathe now. Breathe on Minneapolis, Minnesota. Breathe now. Breathe on St. Paul, Minnesota. Breathe now. Breathe, breathe, breathe. Let the breath of God fill the sanctuary of his churches. Let the breath of God fill our friendships and our relationships. Even breathe on your enemies. When you go to work tomorrow and you have to work among cantankerous people that get on your last nerve, help me somebody, you look at them and say, you better watch out because I'm about to breathe all over you. <laughs> and it's not going to be my breath, but the breath of God. It is the breath of God that gives us inspiration. It is the breath of God that moves like a mighty rushing wind. It even blesses those who curse us. It even loves those who hate us. But you've got to keep breathing. Don't ever let anybody provoke you to the point to where you stop breathing. Amen. The breath of the living God. If you're here today and you have fainted because you've become too winded by running uphill in life and you have not been spending time in your spiritually natural habitat, which is God, we want to encourage you to stop, be still, take a breath, breathe in the presence of the living God. And when you breathe in the breath of God, when you take into your spiritual lungs the wind of the living God, he begins to make things happen in the dead places of your soul. He brings life where there is death. He brings joy where there is sadness. He brings hope where there is despair. Every broken place within your soul will be healed only by the breath of God breathing upon it. May God bless us as we think about opening our lives to the breath of the living God. 
May God bless you.